0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: All right, gentlemen, I should remind you, we are six days away from Starrcade where this man, Diamond Dallas Page, is going to collide head-on with United States champ Kurt Hennig from the NWO. As jacked up as you are tonight, I can hardly wait on pay-per-view Sunday night, live from our nation's capital.
2: You know, Gene, there's a lot of people talking about WCW uniting. And if that's happening, cool. I can see it. And if Ric Flair, known to some, is the dirtiest player in the game, but known to me as the cornerstone of WCW, even cooler. Because this is a time of year when people should come together. Anybody who knows me knows I'm Mr. Christmas, and that's a shoot. My house looks like a landing pad, and Kimberly and I are known as the Griswolds. I like getting presents and I love giving presents. Well, at Starcade, there's a present waiting for me. And it's in a big box, it's wrapped in green shiny paper and got a big red bow on it. And inside is you, Hennig, and the U.S. belt.
1: And now that one on the head.
2: And Henig, when I get the Starcade, I'm going to take that present, and I'm going to rip it apart piece by piece. And Hennig, when I pull you out of that box, I'm going to give you your present. And if you don't quite know what it is, I'll tell you ahead of time. Henning at Starcade, DDP, from the bottom of my heart, is going to be bringing you the noise. And Henning, you are going to feel the bang. Christmas is coming, so.
1: Starcade, we're going to be back with four Nitro, we're live from Georgia!
0: Don't hate the player, hate
2: the game, the Tro-Tro-Tro's you are.
1: He's simply ravishing,
2: <rather> <laughs> so high five. What time is it? In. listening to music of the mat on the voices of wrestling podcast network.
0: Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich, and joining me on the show here is the host of the Five Star Match Game podcast and a fellow resident of the great state of Massachusetts. It's my good buddy, Joe Gagney. Hey, Joe, how's it going?
1: Uh, Great, as always. Joy, honor, and privilege to be back on Music of the Mat.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great you're back on here, for sure. And uh, I'm pretty excited, too. Uh, Not just for this episode, of course, but we're also a few days away from WrestleMania weekend, which I'm very much pumped for. Uh, It'll be my first Mania weekend ever, actually. And uh, you're going there as well, right, Joe?
1: I will, I will be dragging myself there, yes, for a fun weekend of uh, seemingly nonstop, endless wrestling shows.
0: Yeah, we'll both be at a lot of the same shows, too. Yes. So we'll see each other quite a bit that weekend, yeah, um, along with other VUW people going. So uh, a lot of handshakes, a lot of handshakes in store for us, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped for media Weekend. I can't wait for the MSG show for New Japan Ring of Honor, the DDT show. Rev Pro, Uh, today actually I did manage to score a ticket, a nosebleed ticket, mind you, but a ticket for uh, NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun weekend, Joe.
1: Yeah, no, that's a lot of the shows I'm headed to as well. So, but you and I have had the privilege of uh, attending a wrestling show together before. We did,
0: we did, We did sit
1: together, because both being residents of uh, Massachusetts, we both attended a Ring of Honor show together, so.
0: War of the Worlds, last year, that's that's right. right, yeah, yeah. Um, I think my biggest concern for Mania Weekend is getting to shows on time. It's kind of my biggest worry about it. But I think I'll be okay because I'm I'm sort of staying in one place for each day for the most part. Like on Thursday, that's my Laboom day, where I'll be at Laboom all day long for Evolve, WXW, and DDT. And then on Friday, I'm gonna go to the Midtown Hilton for U.S. versus the World and RevPro, and then make a, a quick trip to Brooklyn for TakeOver, of course. And then Saturday, of course, is MSG. So uh, I think as long as I keep my wits about me, I'll be uh, okay, Joe.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the same. But, uh, you know, there's 50% chance I'm never heard from again. This may be <laughs> like my audio, uh, well, not Ransom Note, but this might be my uh, last will and testament here. We'll see.
0: <laughs> we'll see who gets the, uh, the podcast archives, I guess. We'll figure that go. out, yeah. So uh, the last time you were on... Uh, Joe, we did the big WCW Slam Jam episode, and today we're doing another WCW centric episode. And to be clear, to be clear, I'm not trying to pigeonhole you, Joe, as the WCW guy of the podcast. Okay, it's not my intent. I-, I know your your knowledge is far deeper than that. I think. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I was I was always more. I mean, I always watched WCW, appreciated it, but I was always more of a WW. F slash E guy, they were like the home promotion. They always ran in Massachusetts quite a bit. To uh, WCW had some ventures up here, more so in the the Nitro era. But before that, not the case. So it is a bit odd that I'm on my second WCW episode. But this this will actually cover uh, numerous federations.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is episode fifty six, and it is about the themes of Diamond Dallas Page, DDP. And I picked DDP for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, admittedly, uh, I-, I did want to do a lighter episode for this one because recently we've done some pretty big episodes with 10 songs here and 13 songs there and they're, they're going two hours plus. And this one will be much lighter in comparison. That's for sure. That's, that's the selfish reason I did it. <laughs> uh, the other reason is because my dad recently interviewed DDP for his podcast, and it kind of inspired me to do an episode about him. So, yeah, you know, he's a, a pretty prominent name in wrestling. He's a WCW icon, and his main theme song, the one that people think of when they think of DDP, in my opinion, is one of the most iconic WCW theme songs of all time, and really one of the most iconic wrestling themes of the entire 90s, Joe.
1: I'm sorry. Your dad has a podcast.
0: Listen. Let me explain. Let me. Explain. I, don't, I don't want to
1: derail, but uh, I'm sorry. This fascinates me.
0: The show is called On Mike with Jordan Rich, and it's about people who are in broadcasting and do voiceover work and public speaking, that kind of stuff. You know.
1: Wow. No, that's impressive. Does he? Does he listen to yours? Does he give you tips or?
0: Uh... Uh, sometimes, <laughs> uh, not tips, but he does listen sometimes. So, uh, hello, Dad. <laughs>
1: Right. My dad has no idea what a podcast of any sort is. So I'm not. That's why I'm just uh, interested. That's all. But back to the matter at hand. Yes, uh, DDP. Um, yes, his main theme, I, I, you know, one of the iconic WCW themes. I guess one of the iconic songs of all time, given that it's a complete ripoff of something yeah. else. But we'll get to that in a bit.
0: Yeah, before we started, um, you told me that you weren't the biggest DDP fan ever, but you did watch a lot of them. Uh, do you remember when you first saw DDP, by any chance?
1: Uh, it would be, I guess, technically WrestleMania six, although I didn't know who he was. He just kind of made a cameo. He drove a pink Cadillac for Rhythm and Blues as they went to the ring. I think the story is he owned one and drove from like Florida to Canada just to be a, a part of the show. That would be the first time I saw him. And in actual wrestling capacity, it would be when he started as a manager in WCW in 1991. Like, suddenly he showed up. He was managing the Freebirds and uh, Brad Armstrong under a mask as uh, Fantasia, then Bad Street, and then the Diamond Stud. He had this whole little stable, the uh, Diamond Exchange, I think. And he was like everywhere, all over TV. And I remember the Aftermags published an a article like, The Diamond Exchange is the Second Coming of the Four Horsemen, or something like that that and that was not the case because uh <laughs> that was they that petered out pretty quick and then he started wrestling which was very odd because you know managers at the time didn't do that they tend to be smaller or older gentlemen and then to have someone like you know become a manager it was odd because he was taller than many of the wrestlers he managed but uh that was still just very peculiar like oh he's a wrestler now and um and uh, very unsuccessful at first, but he he soldiered on, as we'll uh, get into, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, for me, like a lot of ex-WCW guys, the first time I ever saw DDP was in TNA. Uh, it was TNA 2004, where he feuded with Raven and Jeff Jarrett, um, much like WCW, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, but he wasn't there that long Maybe like six months or so, but he became kind of a little favorite of mine pretty quickly because even though this was a few years past his prime, he was like like 48 at the time, for God's sake. That didn't matter because he still had just a ton of charisma and personality. He got great reactions from the crowd. I mean, he still does to this day even. You know, even now when he's in his 60s, he'll do a diamond cutter on like Devari at All In and the crowd will go bonkers and whenever you, you see that kind of stuff you're reminded of why he got the nickname the people's champion joe because he's a pretty popular guy
1: he oh yes he i mean you watch those old nitro's and people go crazy for him and he's you know he's been a punchline in certain parts of uh, his wrestling career but he's a guy who worked very very hard and you know his stuff holds up very very well all these years later
0: yeah that's kind of the story of his career really the fact that he's been able to just continually defy the odds and succeed in life despite his age and despite whatever is thrown his way. Because he did start wrestling in his mid-30s, which is way beyond what most guys start at, that's for sure. And he wasn't that good either, by all accounts. Then he had the leg injury and went away for a little bit. And I think, you know, for most people, they would have called it quits right there and then. But DDP, you know, he decided to just train his ass off at the power plant and study under Jake Roberts and get better and improve his wrestling, and improve his character work, and sure enough, yeah, he did get better, and he became more popular, and the Diamond Cutter became this huge move that would get giant reactions, and by the time he turned face, and he had the Macho Man feud, and the Raven feud, and all that stuff, he became one of the biggest homegrown guys on the roster, despite starting pretty much at the bottom at his age, which I think it's a pretty inspiring story, Joe.
1: Yeah, like how many wrestlers starting at 35 do anything in life, never mind become one of the most popular people for, the, you know, at the time the biggest wrestling company in the world. I don't know if New Japan was, but uh but yeah, no, it's I mean, I mean, and he's gone on to have this whole second act after wrestling. How many people do that? Like, you know, people after they retire, they, you know, hang on to wrestling in some way and he's, you know, largely moved on.
0: Yeah, he's moved on. And he's certainly paying it forward as well, which is great, too. I mean, he's helping other people get better in their lives, like Jake Roberts and Scott Hall and all the people who use DDP Yoga who swear by it. And, yeah, there there is, of course, the business aspect to it, too. But I do genuinely believe that DDP is just a, a really good guy, and he wants to help people. And in wrestling, Joe, being a good guy is a bit of a rare breed, I think.
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, per-
0: perhaps. Now, we did leave out the part where he became a creepy stalker in the WWF. That that does put a damper on things, I think, but uh, we'll get to that later, unfortunately, Joe.
1: Yeah, creepy stalker slash motivational speaker slash getting crippled by Bob Hawley and needing a lifetime of yoga, but uh, more on that in a bit.
0: Okay, let's get to these themes here. Uh, like I said earlier, this will not take very long. Only six themes in total, uh, some of them... Not much depth to, shall we say, Uh, starting with this first theme here. uh, DDP began in wrestling in 1988. He was in AWA. He was in Florida. He was at Mania 6, like you mentioned earlier, Joe. And then in 1991, he joined WCW, where he managed the Diamond Stud, a.k.a. Scott Hall, Scotty Flamingo, a.k.a. Raven, And Vinny Vegas, a.k.a. Kevin Nash, uh, all of whom were part of his Diamond Mine stable, which was a takeoff of his stable in the AWA, the Diamond Exchange. His first theme is by Harold Lester from the Manhattan Production Music Library. This is called Iron Rock. When the going gets tough, the tough drive a Chevy. The all-new Chevy Iron Rock, available now. (laughs) Rocks are
1: made of iron, I question this song.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is your, your standard WCW undercard rock instrumental. About, I'd say, 80 other guys on the roster had a song like this, I imagine. And yeah, when I first heard it, I didn't automatically think of DDP. I thought of a car commercial. I thought of Built for Tough. And, you know, having played just so many WCW generic library rock songs on this podcast, it's hard to come up with anything new to say about them, really, because they all kind of blend together. But, I don't know, I guess it's fine. It's just not that memorable, which is true for most of DDP's themes, I think, Joe.
1: Yeah, this is kind of, like you said, this could have gone to any of a hundred other acts. This could have gone to tex lazinger and shanghai pierce or maximum overdrive or uh bobby you like whoever you could name it would seem to uh just uh fit right in i kind of pictured you know given how behind the times wrestling could be like something a little more uh i don't know like hair metal for ddp at the time this was like 1991 you know, i don't know it's just kind of straight ahead rock and roll i guess yeah kind of it fits you know it's fine it's not bad but like you said it's I I listened to this about 50 times today, and I barely remember I have, like, nothing to say about it at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does set up the fact as well that DDP uses exclusively rock songs as his themes. He's not a hip-hop guy at all or a country guy. He's a rock guy. You know, rock guitars and drums and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: as
1: a guy who managed, like, a nightclub, It, it fits in that regard, yeah.
0: Yeah, and even though the genre may not match perfectly, he does have that rock and roll vibe to him in general. Whether it's here with the big puffy hair, the sunglasses, the leopard print, or in the late 90s when he had the t-shirt and the jeans and was going for more of a working man look. So, yeah, Iron Rock makes sense for DDP in that respect, I think, uh, Joe.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that we already talked about this more than i expected us to
0: okay okay that's all i got too so yeah um yeah uh, ddp did not have iron rock for that long only a few months or so and he soon got a new theme that he had for many years in the early to mid 90s uh when he became less of a manager and more of a wrestler uh so this is by frank shelley and it's off of the focus music library it's called glam rock
2: Good God!
0: Speaking of unmemorable theme songs, holy shit, is this a snoozer and a half. (laughs) What a hunk of crap this one is, it's it's just so basic and and nothing, really. All it is is the sound of a motor revving, DDP going, GOOD GOD, which was his catchphrase, and then like the rinky-dinkiest sounding ripoff of Rock and Roll Part 2 by Gary Glitter and it just repeats that same 20 seconds over and over and over again for two minutes it, it's it's so bad joe
1: <laughs> it's i like the uh the room room at the beginning reminds me of fast lane i i when i first heard this i heard uh schools out by uh alice cooper it's part of the riff that's I kind of like, oh, that's what it sounds like. But it's, um... Th- this has, like, boos inserted in the middle, like... Like, it just stops her and goes, which I don't know why you would put that in your own theme song, but... It uh, was a heel,
0: to be fair. I-, so. I
1: guess, but, I mean, most people, you know, have a view that they're super popular and right. I don't know why they would... It's just people are booing them. <laughs> True. But, uh, True. yeah, just... Th- th- this one's pretty thin, I thought. Um, <laughs> it was just... I mean... It, I don't hate it as much as you. I, it probably got the job done. I mean, he's, you know, just a guy like uh, struggling along, you know, fighting the renegade for the TV title. And I guess that's that's what you'd hear.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I get why DDP would have a song called Glam Rock because he does have a very ostentatious personality and the big hair and the pink and purple outfits and whatnot. That makes a ton of sense. But a theme called Glam Rock... It has to have so much more of a punch to it, because glam rock itself is a very boisterous genre of music, you know, with the brash guitars and the stomping percussion, the pomp, the circumstance, and all that stuff. This song is just so dull and muted and basic and boring, and it doesn't fit the spirit of glam rock at all, Joe.
1: No, it's it's just kind of a, a very... Someone with an idea of what glam rock is trying to write a song based off of it, although it did start the trend of DDP talking over his theme or having vocal samples in. I think that would continue like his entire career throughout every other company.
0: Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Um, here's something else that's pretty weird, too, about this song. This song is by Frank Shelley. Frank Shelley is the same guy who did the NWO theme Rock House. Wow. Yeah, and it's pretty crazy to me how this guy – who had the talent to take a bunch of Hendrix samples and mash them together to make the Rock House theme, you know, this iconic wrestling theme song, he somehow wasn't good enough to make a song called Glam Rock sound fun, Joe. It's very bizarre, I think.
1: Wow. Did he, does he have anything else on his resume? I'm just curious. I don't know, if, uh, to be
0: honest. I don't know. He
1: was a literal one-hit wonder in uh, disregard, or whether this was just kind of an early, an early forgettable effort.
0: Maybe, maybe, yeah. Very odd, very odd. So uh, anyway, in May 1996, uh, DDP gets his third WCW theme. And thank the heavens, we finally have a keeper on our hands because we've reached the Diamond Dallas Page theme, the one that everybody knows and associates with him the most, the one that Dave Grohl, really doesn't like all that much (laughs) this was released on the album wcw christmas brawl it's by jimmy hart and howard helm and it's called self high five
2: self high five
0: What a breath of fresh air this song is, right? Oh, my God. Uh, In fact, Joe, you might even say that compared to that last theme, this song feels like Nirvana.
2: Oh, Uh, I knew that
1: uh, was coming. (laughs) That was like a freight train coming my way, and I just couldn't stop it.
0: Too easy. Too easy. I'm sorry. Too easy. But, uh, yeah, the poorly hidden elephant in the room here is that this song is a very faithful homage to Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And the reason for that is because Jimmy Hart and DDP felt that that song was the sound of the 90s. And they're right, I think, because grunge was huge in the 90s and very popular with that younger generation. And if you're someone like DDP, who is of an older generation and wants to connect with that younger audience and build a fan base with the masses, then I think going with that Nirvana sound is a pretty good idea, Joe.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a little silly a guy who started at 35 coming out this smells like teen spirit. <laughs> but um no, I mean this I mean it's a complete blatant rip off. It's not like, oh, I think I, you know, I hear a familiar riff like no, like every thing about it they copied, but it completely works. Like this is you know, this takes me back to like so many of those old nitros like DDP coming out. And even when I hear Smells Like Teen Spirit on the radio, back of my mind like, I'm thinking about DDP as well. Cuz that's what it's uh, it reminds me of. But it's just kind of I don't know, it's it's a song you wouldn't think, you probably wouldn't think of, like, oh, a great wrestling theme, but it, um, no, it just completely works. It just, like, it gets you pumped. Does everything a good entrance theme should, and it's really one of the more memorable WCW themes, because, I mean, you know, I, I always felt WCW lagged pretty far behind in terms of entrance music. Not, You know, I mean, they had some great ones, that's for sure, but uh, this might be a top five one for me.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's, it's a great theme, that's for sure. And much like with Glamrock, it's a fairly basic song, too. It's the main bits from Teen Spirit that are slightly altered, just enough to avoid legal trouble. (laughs) Plus, you've got the sound bites from DDP in there as well. Self-high-five. DDP. Too cool. Good God. The difference, though, between this and Glamrock is that Self-high-five, it brings so much more oomph to the table. You know, DDP's catchphrase was feel the bang. There's a lot of bang to this song. It really packs a punch. And when it's late 90s Nitro, Monday Night Wars, Big Arenas, Big Fight Feel, you want a theme song that packs a punch, Joe.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. This uh, this has a little, very brief, noodley guitar solo uh, in the middle there that I'm sure Kirk Cobain would not have written in to kind of differentiate it. But uh, no, yeah, I just, it just takes me back to a crowd going crazy on Monday night and... Um, yeah, it's 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 perfect for DDP, and he thought so too because he would revisit this uh, later on in his career.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's perfect because I think it matches DDP's personality quite well too mm-hmm. because it's brash and it's bold and it's in your face, and so is DDP. And as well with Teen Spirit, it is like this anthem of teenage rebellion and angst, and it builds up this spirit of we're all in this together – and that spirit was in ddp as well um maybe not the teenage part of it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yeah he did have that kind of unifying quality to him he was like i said the people's champion he would walk through the crowd he would do the self high five bang hand gesture and the crowd would do it with him so even though ddp yeah he was far from being a teenager back then it still worked for him
1: yeah it's just um yeah pretty Perfect theme song. Do you agree it's a, a top five banger for WCW or am I overrating it a bit?
0: I'd put it up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I mean Dave Grohl might not think so. Well, you know. <laughs> because when he heard it, he was like, uh pay us now, please.
1: <laughs> Oops. Yeah, that's why it's it's not on the the network now, right? It gets uh
0: no, it's not there. No, it's been it's been overdubbed, unfortunately. But uh yeah, Jimmy Hart, God bless him. He he changed just enough notes to where he could skirt any legal issues because it's a, uh, you know, it's the classic vanilla ice defense. It's, it's not dun, 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 da da da. da it's dun, 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 dun da, da da da, And it's, it's totally different, totally different songs.
1: <laughs> oh, that little run Jimmy Hart, such a conniver,
0: but a smart one, but a smart one. Got to mm. admit that. Got to admit that. So DDP has cell five, five for about four and a half years. He gets a new theme in December of 2000, because I guess we just can't have nice things now, can we? (laughs) This is by a band called Fat. (laughs) Yes, that is a real band, and they do have a real album. This is called Dog Bangman Mix.
2: Self-high five!
0: Much like how DDP yoga is not your mama's yoga, dog is not your mama's DDP theme. We get the intro to Cell 5-5 at the start, but that's a total fake-out, Joe. It's a big psych. Forget your dated early 90s grunge, man. We're hip. We're new. We're generic alt-metal music with record scratches. Yeah! <laughs> um, I don't mean to disparage all the great work that the band F.A.T. has done over the years, Joe. But, you know, this one doesn't scratch my itch quite like Self High Five does.
1: Yeah, and it's F.A.T. in all caps, I believe we want to make that yes, clear. Yes,
0: F.A.T. is all caps. It's
1: very important. Yes, not to disparage uh, F.A.T., but... <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, yeah, this is this is a big step down. A little fake out at the beginning we will probably get you pumped, and then it's like, oh, just kind of leave you disappointed. Much like late period WCW would, would often do. It's just kind of a, you know... It lacks all the character and panache that the uh, this previous theme had, and the record scratches are just awful in this. They just kill any momentum the song might have been building. It's just it just doesn't work at all and you know, thankfully it wasn't around that long.
0: Yeah, I suppose the point was trying to give DDP more of a contemporary edge, more of an aggressive side, because this song is definitely a lot more contemporary than Grunge. It's two thousand. It's a lot more intense and aggressive as well. And DDP, you know, he cut his hair. He was wearing the black gear with the lightning on it. I, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. The problem, though, is that, like with so many other DDP themes, it's just not memorable to me. Self 5-5 is memorable. Um, partly because it's a rebuff, sure, but also there's that personality factor in there, too. That undefinable spark that makes it stick in your mind. Self High Five has that in spades. Dog, not so much, Joe.
1: Yeah, even though WCW ripped off a ton of songs for themes over the years, a lot of them don't have the 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 punch that uh, DDP's theme did, and this one it's just kind of I don't know, it's just it's just there. Like I barely remember him using this towards the end. I guess I I probably blocked it out. <laughs> um. Also,
0: that Self High Five intro. What's the deal with that? Because What you're doing is setting up people with false hope that DDP is coming out to sell 5-5 when he actually isn't. And it's like that would make a lot more sense if he came out to it as a heel, like in the Jersey Triad or whatever. But he came out to it when he was a face, which is also kind of strange, Joe.
1: I can't remember what he was. I I don't know he was teaming with Kevin Nash as the insiders, but I can't remember if they were bad guys or not. WCW. It can be tough to tell in WCW, depending (laughs) on the week, which way the wind is blowing.
0: So uh, at the end of WCW, uh, the company is bought by WWF, and some guys like Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner, they decide to wait out their AOL time order contracts until they expired at the end of the year or, or a little later on. And other guys, like DDP, decided to accept a buyout of their contracts and join the WWF immediately. And boy, was that a smart decision on his part, because instead of making just a ton of money doing nothing, DDP got to make less money being the stalker for The Undertaker's then-wife, Sarah. Wonderful. His WWF slash WWE theme is by Jim Johnston. It's called Diamond in the Rough.
2: Yo, it's me. It's me. It's D-D-P.
0: So, I'm kind of of two minds about this one. Um, on the one hand, I suppose it does its job as a DDP theme, where it's a driving rock song, has all the DDP catchphrases in there, a pretty good bassline as well, I think. But on the other hand, yeah, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's just not the same as Self High Five. But, like, I totally get why Jim Johnston did not make a clone of Self High Five, because he wanted to do his own thing, of course, and not get sued by Dave Grohl. That, too. <laughs> but I think Jim Johnston, he, he could have done a lot better with this one, Joe. What do you think?
1: Yeah, just kind of a... In, in the, uh, probably a rare case where a WWF theme isn't nearly as memorable as the WCW version. Because, I mean, if you... Before I, you know, agreed to do this show, if you put a gun to my head and said, hum Diamond Dallas Page's WWF theme or <laughs> pull the trigger, then... Uh, You'd probably be reading my obituary right now because, um, yeah, it's. I like how it continues DDP talking over his own theme song, a little vocal It's
0: master of the diamond cutter.
1: Yeah, stuff like that. I, I appreciate that carryover from uh, WCW, but it's just kind of a. You know, it's a rock song, and, and you know it's okay, it serves a purpose, but v- completely unmemorable.
0: Right, right. It, it it reminds me of that show on Netflix. Nailed it. Do you know that show, Joe?
1: We greatly enjoyed Nailed It in this album.
0: Well, if anyone doesn't know that show, it's a cooking competition show where these people have to recreate these just exquisite-looking desserts. And more often than not, they end up looking like deformed nightmares of what the originals are. And this is not that bad, don't get me wrong. But you can tell, I think, that Jim Johnston had a template of a DDP theme. Rock song, DDP soundbites, all that stuff but he kind of fell flat with the end product. I I think what this song is missing really is that Nirvana attitude. I think this song would sound a lot better if Jim Johnston put some, you know, real stank on those guitars and put the pedal to the metal and really crank the stuff up. And to me, that would have improved this song quite a bit, Joe.
1: Could have been, I mean, with all the WCW guys coming in, I don't know if Jim Johnston had to work triple overtime to get all the, uh, a bunch of themes ready for everyone. Maybe he just phoned this one in. I don't know. But yeah, could he, could he use a little something extra that you often find in Jim Johnson themes?
0: Mm. I mean, really, it's, it's so fitting, I think, that DDP's WWF theme would be disappointing because his WWF run was also disappointing, you know? Because he went from being a top guy in WCW to being Sarah's stalker in the WWF to getting his ass kicked by Undertaker, to losing a match to Sarah herself, to being just you know a, a lower mid card motivational speaker character with a really freaky smile to boot, and it's like this guy was WCW champion, he was US champion, he was super over with the crowds, he was on top of the world, and next thing you know, I want my Sarah, I need. My Sarah, it's like, oh my god, what happened? So, diamond in the rough, yeah, it definitely fits the context of his surroundings, Joe.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's it was a really rough time for DDP. Just um, like nothing they tried worked. I mean, he had a quick run with the European title. He got to win a match at WrestleMania, oddly enough, against Christian. So that was good. But I mean. Nothing worked he just got I mean the stalker thing was just I mean he was married to Kimberly. I don't know why he's out stalking uh other wrestler's wives and then just got his ass handed to him at the end of that and then turned into a motivational speaker and then got hurt and the whole thing was just a debacle
0: mm. so the last theme of the episode here is when DDP went to TNA in 2004 he actually retired in 2002 because of injuries but he used the yoga to get back in shape for the ring. His TNA theme is by Dale Oliver, and it's called Spirit.
2: It's me. It's, it's D-D-P. D- D- P.
0: So there's not really much that needs to be said about this one because it's uh, pretty close to Cell 5-5. Uh, it's actually kind of a funny case of Inception going on here because Dale Oliver is doing a ripoff of Jimmy Hart, who is doing a ripoff of Nirvana. Now there are a couple of differences here and there. The instruments are a lot more cranked up in this one, much more so than in Self 5-5. Much more distortion here as well. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot more going on sonically, that's for sure. And the intro stinger, and the intro stinger is pretty close to the one from Diamond in the Rough. It's me. It's D-D-P. So, overall, I'd say this one's pretty good, because it does evoke a lot of the same emotions and feelings as Cell 5-5 does. And for good reason, because they're pretty close to one another, Joe.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of a photocopy of a photocopy, but... it gets I mean, hey, they, they looked at what worked and went back to that. I can't fault them for that, the song itself. Not a lot to it. it sounds like, you know it sounds like some of the instruments are being played underwater at points and uh I guess a couple you know, a couple notes are inverted and all that, but uh pretty clear what the intention was and you know, for the most part it, it works fine. I I give them credit. They didn't try to reinvent the wheel. I mean as much credit as you can give you just ripping off someone else's ripoff. But uh I mean it works. I I put this you know, far ahead of the WWF version, so good for them.
0: Yeah, it's a fitting return to form for DDP's entrance music. And DDP's time in TNA was a return to form for him as well, because he wasn't stalking people, he wasn't a a creepy motivational speaker, he was just, you know, good old DDP.
1: Yeah, it was kind of back to just being good old DDP, whatever whatever that would entail. Not stalking.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess the only thing I have left to say, really, is that we know for sure that Dave Grohl did not watch TNA in 2004, because if he did, I think he would have had a few words with Mr. Dale Oliver.
1: <laughs> yeah, flying under the radar, you can get away with a bit more.
0: True, true. All right, so those were the themes of Diamond Dallas Page, and uh, yeah, not a ton of analysis on this one. Uh, Most of the songs we boiled down to Unmemorable and moved on to the next one. Uh, Yeah, so was DDP the best idea for a show topic? Eh, not really. Is he a one theme wonder? Eh, probably. Uh, But you have to admit, you have to admit that that one theme was an all-timer. And a lot of people probably have a lot of fond memories of DDP with that theme song. I mean, there are just, you know, a ton of wrestlers out there who don't even get that one theme song that defines their career. But DDP did, and he made that like an indelible part of his character. And as well, you know, DDP, he's more than just a theme song, of course. Like I said, he's got charisma, he's got personality, some great matches and feuds to his name. And overall, he's just a a great human being. And no amount of generic library songs or generic alt metal music or generic Jim Johnston guitar riffs can ever take that away from him. So DDP gets a thumbs up in my book, Joe.
1: Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, the legacy of DDP, at least in terms of the ring, was a guy who worked hard and advanced way further than anyone could ever have anticipated with him starting wrestling in 91, 92, so... I still, you know, I still have very fond memories of his time in WCW, and uh, I will remember his theme for a long time to come.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's gonna do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, Joe, thank you again for being here. Uh, not a marathon recording by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, still a lot of fun. And your knowledge and presence is always appreciated. So thank you again, Joe.
1: Hey, always a pleasure to uh, to be on here, everyone. I know if you ever saw the uh, the music documentary Hype about the uh, Seattle uh, music scene. There's a a part where a drummer in some band pulls out a flow chart where, you know, someone who played bass in this band is in a band with someone else who's singing vocals. And there's like, everyone's connected. That's kind of how we are on the Voices of Wrestling Network where we're always on each other's uh, podcasts and all that. So I'm glad to keep that going.
0: Any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead.
1: Uh, Yeah, I have the five-star match game on the... uh voices wrestling network uh our ecw episode was very well received there that was a ton of fun and i'm working on the next episode about pro wrestling gorilla guys finish uh, that up most of it's done and hopefully they'll get that out pretty soon
0: sounds like fun yeah yeah
1: yep and i'll be all around uh, wrestlemania weekend if anyone wants to come say hi i will big time you so
0: <laughs> can i shake your hand mr gagney 20 bucks 20 yep. bucks. <laughs>
1: 20 bucks. Good brother deal. I'll uh, give you 15, Andrew. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And uh, Music of the Mat is also part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can find the YouTube playlist for this and all past episodes at the VOW forums. That's VoicesofWrestling.com That's slash forum. And, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other avenues. Uh, Joe, thank you once again, and I promise, next time you're on, it will not be WCW. I promise.
1: <laughs> All right. I'll hold you there.
0: All right. Well, for Joe Gagney, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. <laughs>